Hey, everybody. Welcome to Detox Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining me here as we talk about my poem, Irritation. Uh, If you're looking for a copy of Pick Your Poison so you can follow along with these poems that I talk about every week, you can buy it on my website, denisewalkerspeaks.com. If you're an Edmonton local and you want to buy it on my website, uh, there's a code for free shipping. It's all capital letters, free ship. (laughs) And yeah, and you can arrange to come pick it up from me. Uh, The newest offering that I have to tell you about is in conjunction with Lucid Yoga. It's a studio that I am brand ambassador for, and um, they've been so kind in exchange to to give me space to do my workshops. But they have turned one year old, and they've invited me to be a part of their celebration. So that's on Friday. It's May 31st at Lucid Yoga, which is downtown. It's on 102 Street, just south of Jasper, beside um, the Starlight Room and this pizza place that smells delicious. (laughs) Uh, Just nestled in between there. The exact address I'm sure you can Google or find on my page somewhere. Uh, But yeah, it's going to be really sweet. There's going to be a bunch of the different teachers there. Uh, One is going to be offering mini Reiki sessions. One is going to be offering tarot readings, and they've asked me to uh, facilitate an intention writing uh, corner of the room where perhaps I'll be out on the rooftop, which would be so sweet. So there will be refreshments and I think food too, and it's free. So I'd suggest signing up on the MindBody app for Lucid Yoga, or you can go to their website, uh, lucidyoga.ca, to just sign up for that, but it is free. May 31st, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Super pumped that this has just fallen into my lap. And I just get to have such a really cool thing in my life. And I feel like I didn't even ask for it. It's like the universe maybe thought they it knew what I wanted. It knew what I wanted before I even know, knew what I wanted, you know? Just really lined it up for me. So, um, yeah. Let's dive in. This poem, Irritation. I had it here and then I let it go. I found it in the book on purpose to be like, oh, instead of flipping around when I'm like, oh, let's go, but I'm not even ready yet. (laughs) Classic, right? Okay, well, here we go. Irritation. It came as I slept, like a swift, invisible bite. And when I woke, bloodshot despite a restful sleep, I'd been turned from maiden to monster, hungry for anything that looked my way. Oh, I like that one. I think I underestimated that one, how much I like that one. I like it. Yeah, this is definitely a throwback too to early recovery. I mean, I'm... I eat two, two plus one months, like two years plus one month sober. So 25 months sober. It's cool. I just turned 25. <laughs> That's nice again. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's early recovery. I mean, I feel like I'm still in early recovery, but it's definitely really balanced out now. 
really, really balanced out. Um, one thing about recovery that I just learned actually, um, in my meditation teacher training, there was a psychiatrist there and, um, she came up to me and she was like, congrats on your sobriety. Because of course I included that in my intro, of course, <laughs> oh, it's such a part of me, but yeah, she was like, congrats on your sobriety. You have two years. That's phenomenal. She was like, uh, you know, after the first year, it drops, uh, your chance of ever drinking again drops 30%. And she says, once you hit two years, it drops again. And then once you hit three years, it drops 90%. 90%. That's, there's only a 10% chance, statistically speaking, that you'll ever drink again once you reach three years. And she's like, you're almost there. You're doing so well. And that was just a really beautiful thing to hear from a practically a stranger, you know, someone that we just ended up in the same course together, three day course over a weekend together. And she told me that. And I, my, I feel like my faith was not shaken previously to this, but it is extra strong now that I am, I'm doing it. I'm okay. I'm on the path. We're always on the path, right? Always, even if it seems like we're not. Oh, but yes, this poem, Irritation. Oh my. So I wrote this when I'd been doing pretty good. You know, one of those upswings where everything seems kind of balanced and cool. I, I represent myself as calling myself a maiden, you know, and I had a restful sleep. So the insomnia is out of the way by now. And I'm just luxuriating in the ability to sleep on my own without a substance, you know, and I wake up and I am just in this horrendous irritable mood, like monster level, like PMS has nothing on this. Like every single thing was my enemy. The sunlight, my sheets, the room I was in, the floor, the things on the floor, of course, myself for keeping things on the floor. Everything that could go wrong went wrong because of that ugly mindset right? The whole day was bad. And then the next day was bad. And the next day was bad. And it just, it wouldn't stop. And that was weird because, you know, typically something would have had to have happened for me to feel so on edge and so upset. Typically something like, you know, I didn't get enough sleep, but I did get enough sleep. Um, or something like not eating frequently enough or the right kind of foods, not hydrating, you know, just not taking care of my basic needs and then having something completely derail me and my mood. Which in early recovery, as I'm sure a lot of us are aware, that's extremely easy to achieve. But I found it really strange to wake up that way. Even though I had achieved something as wonderful as restful sleep, I still woke up in this monster mood. And that is one of the scary pitfalls of post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Because 
we think, oh my gosh, I'm in recovery now. Everything should be good. But when it's not good and it's hard and horrible, and it doesn't make sense that we wake up in these moods that don't align with our our previous thoughts or actions. You know, before when we were drunk and we went to sleep or, you know, passed out, we were filled with so much toxins, so many toxins, that when we woke up, it was the the acute withdrawal from it, the hangover that made us irritable. That was normal. That was like a something I dealt with all the time. I, I woke up in this horrible mood and I would hide it and I would fake it until I made it, you know? I would smile and pretend like my head didn't pound at every single pulse of my heartbeat. I, fe- I, I felt awful, but I pretended that I didn't because, uh, you know, that meant that I knew the cause, but I was uh, actively choosing not to do anything about it. So with this, it's confusing, right? It's, what the, what the hell is the cause of this? I did everything right, but somehow I'm just as bad, if not worse than it was before. This is unending. This has no cure. This is just how things are for the next 24 to 96 hours. Just this weird stretch of time that I had no idea when it was going to end. And no matter what I did, I just wanted to yell at every person, thing, emotion, sentence, song, I don't know. I just wanted to kill everything. And, you know, when there's other humans around, you know, as as there are, this can be really difficult to navigate. Trying to distance yourself between the irritation and the true self trying to realize what is a reaction and putting a bit of space in between that and what you say or what you do or what your face looks like. Irritation is easy to read. You know, every single thing makes us go, You know, without the giggling or tapping our feet or like tapping our fingers like on our hands and like nothing can happen exactly as we want it to. And when we are in that headspace, we are not thinking about the other people. No way, no how. They just better stay out of the way if we can even achieve to even have that kind of level of a thought about the other people. So... This is hard because, you know, it was never said to me, and I'm so, so grateful that it wasn't said to me, but so many of my friends in recovery, and maybe you too, have had this said to you, which is, I liked you better when you were drinking. (sighs) 
I liked you better when you were drinking. What a gut punch is that? The people who you let down, destroyed relationships with, felt so damn guilty for hurting directly or indirectly with your addiction for years and years and begged you to get help, actively or not. Begged you to get help and to get away from the substance you were using and to be free. Well, guess what? Freedom is messy. Freedom does not happen overnight. It is a process and it is not linear. If you're in this right now, or if you've got experience with this and perhaps have lost people over this, know that sobriety and your recovery is number one. I know you know that already, but seriously, it is number one. And these people who cannot deal with you at this point, this messy, raw, unpredictable, seemingly endless, (laughs) personal hell that you're going through in order to get to the green grass that's on the other side, then perhaps those are not the people you want in your corner. And this is just divine intervention. Whether you believe in the divine or not, you can at least hopefully agree with me that in the tough times, sometimes people show their true colors. And you know what? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with them. And there's nothing wrong with you. You just don't have the space for each other right now. Or maybe ever. So focus on you. Focus on what you need. And give yourself some grace and forgiveness for these really tough times where irritability doesn't seem controllable. Like you're lashing out at your significant other or your parents or your friends or your coworkers or your children. Forgive yourself. It's a process. And we are learning so much from this. The more we do the work now in these really, really tough times, the easier it will be in the future. When we get closer and closer every step of the way to our true self that was what we were before we started pouring poison into it. Everything you're doing now is healing you. And I will give you a tool. I'll give you a tool that uh, is one of those tools where you've had it from the beginning, but somehow you just have never engaged with it. You know it's there. It's like how for so long I didn't go to yoga. I knew that I could use yoga in recovery, and I didn't really start actively going to yoga until, you know, two months ago. Um, Things like that. You know, you can read nice self-help books. You can do... Uh, 
I don't know. You can listen to um, podcasts as I talk to you on a podcast. <laughs> so hopefully if you're the one hearing this anyway, you're a podcast listener um, and have found some solace and help and guidance and peace in these and others. Um, there's so many things, so many tools that we have in our toolbox, but we just forgot they were there. They were kind of buried under the stuff we use most frequently. Or maybe we just forgot about the toolbox altogether. But that's okay. So here I am to remind you about one that you may or may not have ever heard of. And it's called alternate nostril breathing. It is very popular in kundalini yoga as well as other yoga and meditation practices. And what it does is it isolates both sides of the nose one by one and brings oxygen to both sides of the brain. And on a more spiritual level, it's said to balance the masculine and feminine parts of our bodies. And yeah, um, you know, I'd done it once in a while in a yoga class, but never for a purpose. And so on Saturday, this past Saturday, May 25th, I had my first Write and Rise poetry workshop that I held in Edmonton. And I had a good turnout and I felt really, really confident about it, but I was so nervous and I couldn't eat and like I said when I can't eat it's hard or if I don't feed myself properly irritation can take hold and it's those times where you start getting tunnel vision into things where you know you accidentally stub your toe and now you're angry and everything starts falling apart, right? You stub your toe, you realize that the milk's gone bad, you, your building has turned off the water today and you didn't know about it, um, or you just forgot, uh, you get in your car and your phone won't sync to the Bluetooth, just ridiculous things, right? That normally you're like, okay, whatever, brush it off. But in these states of heightened emotion, it's harder to dispel those and just concentrate. And so I was like feeling pretty raw and touchy and and was happy and was good and, and wasn't really irritable per se, but it was right on the edge that could just be pushed right over, right? Something could happen, everything could just fall out from underneath me. And I was biding my time at home, waiting to the moment where I could leave and just kind of like staring at the clock until I could leave and get to the studio right on time. And then I was driving and I was like, holy hell, I feel bad. I need to like get some of this energy out. It's driving me insane. Like I was happy. I was good. I was confident. But you can be confident and nervous at the same time. And those nerves were just getting the best of me. It was just eating away at me. I just needed to flush them out. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this alternate nostril breathing thing. I was driving and I, you, what you do is you take your thumb and your ring finger and you would plug one side, one nostril, and you inhale through the unplugged one I'm doing right now. Maybe I sound nasally to you. Good. 
you inhale through the unplugged one, and then you plug the other one while releasing the one you had just plugged, and you breathe out that one. Then you breathe in that same side, plug the opposite, and breathe out. And you can do that for as long as you want. This time I actually only did it for a few breaths, and it completely cleared up my nerves. I am really shocked that it worked that well, but it did. And I I felt way more centered afterwards, more aligned, more even. And I think on a scientific level, I think just getting oxygen to your brain like that and focusing on that is really important. And it starts opening up brains Uh, spaces of the brain that have maybe shut down due to different things like if you are irritable or if you are anxious in this situation uh, there are times when we can have tunnel vision you know and we we get angry and we focus on the cause of the anger and we're not seeing the other things or the reasoning Uh, so this way our brain can start opening up softening down being chill again and it'll start letting in more data At least that's my theory. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully that helps you. And after my workshop, I was riding high. It was so good. It was so good. Everybody wrote really amazing poetry. There were two women there that I never met before. They just found out about it and signed up and they didn't even like bring friends they just like came on their own which I think is so awesome everybody wrote so beautifully we had everyone like different levels from like what like a person who had literally wrote in their journal like three times in the past like 10 years and then to people who have completed full novels whole spectrum and everyone was equally equally phenomenal. I just, I can't believe when given the right tools and circumstance, people just come up with the most incredible things. I love it. I love being able to facilitate that. I can't wait for the next one. Stay tuned for the next one. It's definitely going to be, be soon because I don't want to, I don't want to live without that in my life, you know? But yeah, after the workshop, I, had in my mind that I was going home to have dinner with my boyfriend and I was so jazzed up about my day. I was just really, really good. And um, I get on the phone and he tells me that he's going to go to his friends instead. And there was um, a little bit of a miscommunication, I guess. I don't know. But I immediately, boom, snapped into irritability. I was like, ah, I got so angry. I like was swerving in traffic and like, you know, when you get angry and you're driving and you like, need to turn around and you like wrench yourself into park and you wrench yourself into reverse and you wrench yourself into drive and like you're not even really paying attention to your surroundings that well and like literally if like a dog ran in front of you it would you would hit it like you like it's just not a safe headspace to be in I swear I swear that we get this crazy anger tunnel vision every time that something happens to us like this and I want to say irritability this is my theory here is bred from things not going as expected and our ability to cope with change. At that point, 
I had just given a lot of my energy to people and I was starving. As I said, I wasn't able to eat and the nerves were dispelled because I had completed the workshop. And so I was starving and ready to eat and I was excited um, to share a meal with my significant other. And when when all of that just completely 180'd, I got angry. And yeah, I can blame it on being hungry. I can blame it on being drained. I can blame it on whatever. But uh, sometimes it just sneaks in there, you know? And and like I said, this process is not linear. And as we continue to put space in between us and our reactions, the better at coping with change we can be, the better we can cope with our emotions, the closer to our true selves and our true healing happens, begins, achieves. So my message to you from all of this is to give yourself a break. Be easy on yourselves. We're all just humans doing human stuff. Learning as we go. Nobody comes into this world knowing everything. Perhaps we once knew it, but we have to relearn it. So, I will leave you with this. The poem that has themed it all, Irritation. It came as I slept, like a swift, invisible bite. And when I woke, bloodshot despite a restful sleep, I'd been turned from maiden to monster, hungry, for anything that looked my way. All right, friends. Stay rested, stay fed, stay watered, and stay loved. Until next time, have a great week.